Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter. The interview you're about to hear is with the director of the new film Out Right Now, Dear Evan Hansen, which is an adaptation of the Broadway hit by the same name. I got a chance to talk with the director, Stephen Chbosky, who also directed the movie version of the musical Rent and is most famous for his blockbuster book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. In addition to talking film and musicals and teenage angst, I also ask him a question about faith, and I think his answer is very interesting. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this interview. But before we get to that, I wanted to invite you to participate in the future of Spectrum in a very meaningful way. As you might know, we're going through a transition. Beloved, longtime leader of the organization, editor Bonnie Dwyer, is retiring, and I'll be taking over her role. We have some really fun things planned uh, going forward as an organization. And one of the ways that we're building towards that future is our Grow the Vision campaign, which invites you to celebrate Bonnie's legacy and the over 50 years of publishing that Spectrum has done, as well as join us as we expand the vision for the future. And we're involved in this fundraising campaign for a variety of reasons, one of which is that we have some incredible donors, and one of them has already put up a $100,000 matching fund. So if you haven't donated recently, your money will double. That money can be given over the next three years and still have that doubling effect. So if you wouldn't mind right now going to spectrummagazine.org and clicking the donate button up on the upper right and putting your name down there and the amount that you would like to give uh, all at once on a monthly basis over the next three years, that will double in value. And I want to thank you in advance for being part of our community and helping us grow the vision. Now my interview with Stephen Chbosky. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Hey, Stephen. Uh, congratulations on a great film. Thank you. I really appreciate it, Alexander. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, likewise. Um, I've got a couple of questions that I want to run through. Some, uh, I won't start with the weird ones about religion yet, but um, we'll get to those. Okay, I, wow, I'd love that you count them as weird ones. <laughs> I kind of almost want to jump straight ahead, but go ahead. Start where you want to start. Well, um, I think the first one I want to get to is just in the production notes, I noticed uh, they had a quote from you in there, kind of, I thought, um, uh, n- nicely noting that 
you know, humans only get to sort of make uh, a few uh, things and you, this was one of the things that you really wanted to do. And I was just curious why. I wanted to make this film because I thought that it could save lives and I thought that it could change lives. And I thought that it could make young people feel seen and understood in a time when, especially because of the, the very um, challenging nature of online presence and social media and cancel culture and all the things that we see happen, um, that this could be a source of good uh, in their lives. That's why I did it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I, also, I, also, I also wanted to say that I feel that, you know, as we know, and this is, this is long before the internet, kids so often feel the pressure to be perfect and kids so often think that making one mistake is going to ruin and end their lives. And so often that's what leads to, to the old, you know, the, the horrible acts of suicide or it could lead to, to years and sometimes decades of, of, of self-loathing and, and, and other negative things that, that make people, um, that make people lose time. That's very precious. And I wanted to, to make a, a story about someone that, that makes a terrible mistake and, and does something truly, truly terrible. And, and to watch that person go through all the steps that you need to find grace um, or to find redemption after sin. Yeah, beautifully said. I, I love the fact that it's, you know, it's his own process of, of both doing the wrong, but also forgiving himself as he's forgiven by others. So I really appreciate the kind of communal aspect of that that you brought into the story. Um, well, we'll jump into the, the weird religion one um, since your game. And sure. that is, you know, this is a question that I have in general. And I, I found myself thinking about it while watching because um, you know, religion can be helpful for like young children and it can be helpful for sort of older people, but adolescence, which, you know, you're an expert on, um, uh, really it's like, there's like no cool religious adolescent. There's like goody two shoes or rebels. And I'm really curious if you have any thoughts on, you know, religion, institutions, obviously spirituality is its own thing. And there's some, you know, mm -hmm. ways that, that maybe that's the answer, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that, that sort of puzzle. Well, I think that, that, you know, there's a, there's a public self and a private self, right? That, that maybe I, I remember growing up in Pittsburgh and I remember there were many, many cool people that I knew. Um, that their youth groups or their the church or the Catholic church. I was raised Catholic. Um, that you know, but I, I knew every denomination. You name it, um, uh, it was represented in my community. That ultimately, you know, going to church on Sunday for people was just part of life. I don't know. I don't know if it. And it's something that I think so often is taken for granted. So perhaps it's just it's more of a private. It's more of a private thing. That, that may not be able to translate as, 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 you know, the way that, that, the way that TikTok or the way that, you know, let's put it this way. If you hear, hopefully this is, I can contextualize it this way. We all know if you look at popular culture and you study the history of popular culture, that fads come and go. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
musicians come and go, actors come and go. Uh, uh, you know, certain film genres are in or they're out, or certain television is in or it's out. It happens all the time. It's very ebb and flow, right? Religion is not, right? There's a reason why it's it's not like God has replaced Jesus in the last two thousand years. There is no ebb and flow to that. There's a permanence, and when things feel more permanent or things feel um, more institutionally permanent, I, I don't know if we can ever look at them in the, with the same lens that we look at a fad on TikTok. It, I don't think I don't think that they they can exist in the same space. You know, it's more it's more. Um, permanent and popular culture and it always will be yeah yeah i guess that's the the tricky part about institutions is we need them but so many times they can sort of feel oppressive or or sort of unchanging um well but but i but i also believe yes they feel unchanging but i also believe as cultures evolve as people talk about um different types of uh, different types of, of lifestyles or different types of, you know, all this conversation now happening about gender and, and all the conversations we had about rape. There's so many conversations that are happening right now, you know, and that, that I really hope that religion continues to be a part of those conversations because, because I, I don't think, um, for me, the idea of a benevolent God, um, is a wonderful idea and a wonderful truth in a wonderful light that, that could help people. And again, you know, all things evolve and maybe institutions evolve uh, at different paces, you know, and, and there's pushback and people can have all kinds of opinions about, about all sorts of subjects. But, but ultimately I think the more we talk about all of these things, the better off we're all going to be. Yeah. Um, on that note, what you said there earlier about, you know, sort of making a, a big mistake and then, um, not letting that define one's uh, personhood and identity and life um, kind of connects to this 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 question that I had while watching, which is: Is honesty necessary to create authentic human relationships? It's almost out of the the meaning making, the fabrication that something beautiful happens. That's the you know the genius of of this musical and, and film and the story underneath them. Um, but it got me thinking about a lot of other uh, things that sort of out of, you know, there's myth-making in, in religion. There's myth-making in general culture. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wondered what your thoughts are. Are this, there's almost a, sometimes a fetishization of, of honesty. You have to be sort of, you know, to have a pure relationship, no lies are ever told. But I thought that this, the way that you told this story kind of maybe helped us think about the, the creative um, acts that we have to take as humans. And sometimes you can create something good. I'm not excusing the behavior, but I thought it was an interesting uh, approach. Well, I, I think what you said is very, is very well said. You know, to answer your question, do I think that honesty or can you have an intimate relationship without honesty? I think that, you know, one, relationships can be forged on all sorts of basis, but I do believe fundamentally that without honesty, a true relationship is unsustainable. You know, and by the way, when I say honesty, I mean the honesty of love or the honesty of, you know, uh, um, the things that truly matter in life. You know, 
you know, if somebody says, you know, how do I, how do I look in these pants? You know what I mean? And let's, <laughs> let's say they love the pants and they look terrible in your opinion. You know, do you really have to, break everybody's heart all the time? And the truth is it's an opinion. You know, when it comes to facts, honesty must happen. When it comes to opinions, you know, maybe there's some wiggle room, you know, because it, you know, but at the end of the day, what I believe that what I believe the, the, the movie is saying is is you know I talked about all the time on set with Ben and the actors was was if you look at his actions he loves this family mm. and and the only way what, what I what I love about this story and, and the almost stable of this story is is he lies because he cares about this woman. You know, he continues to lie because his family is fighting. Um, he he keeps the lie going to memorialize this child for them. You know, he's almost like a puppy, like just keeps bringing things back. You know, to to, to this family that 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 he loves, and then ultimately when he realizes what he's done has created such a horrible rift. He tells the truth because out of love, because he knows. He knows that if he does not, they will be destroyed by this and they will be hated. And so for him to make that sacrifice to say, no, I'm the one is, is beautiful. So look, at the end of the day, again, I would never dismiss Evan's relationship with them before the confession because there is love there. He cares so deeply for that, but it is unsustainable. Ultimately, you have to come clean about who you are or else how can people truly love you? It's, it's, it's impossible or else they're loving a myth. And it's much better to be loved as a person than, a, than as a, a myth. Yeah. Changing um, sort of a tone here, I wanted to, to get your thoughts on the musical genre itself. Uh, looks like I've got just two minutes left. Um, I uh, will predicate it by just saying that after college, um, a buddy and I went to uh, – India and adventured around Bollywood for a year and oh, wow. and we just really you know two dudes really were fascinated by the the mix and the potential of of that genre and I'm just curious just as sort of a, a fan um what you how you think about the impact of the of musical and and what you like about directing it well, first of all, I, I can't even imagine how good the cheeseburger tasted when you when you. <laughs> I can't even imagine how truly that you went to the restaurant and went, oh, oh, thank heaven. <laughs> I went to in I went to In and Out when my dad picked me up from the airport. <laughs> there you, I, of course you did. What else? Where else are you gonna go? By the way, I, my brother in law, he spent a lot of time in, in India. I talked about that. I was like, oh, this guy had the greatest cheeseburger. I was like, so this is fantastic. Um, <laughs> In terms of the musicals, I, I, you know, there is a reason why musicals run for two decades on Broadway and plays never do. Um, music speaks to the heart, uh, speaks to our hearts and our souls, and and to the source of all more more directly than any other art form. I I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to remember. Um, the, the the scientific reason or biology, it doesn't even matter. The truth is this art form just has a way of being a little extra emotional than just normal speech does. You know, there's a reason why there is music in church. Uh, there is a reason why every teenager, um, uh, if, if he, she are able to hear 
why they love music. And, and so much so that so often music for helps you forge your own identity. You identify with this performer or that performer or this band or that band. And it helps you find out who you are. It also ties us to memory in a way that, that other than smell, nothing else can. Um, it, 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 it is our, our, uh, our lifeline in so many ways to ourselves and to our communities. So to me, to finally be able to do a musical film, I've, I've written a couple. Um, I've always wanted to direct one and I wanted to direct a very specific type of musical. One that I call almost, I almost call it like a musical with a little M, you know, like a drama with songs that it's not talk, 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 and then stop big colorful number and then stop and then back to talk, talk, talk. I want it to be seamless where the dialogue and the lyrics were the same because I just, I just love that this show for that reason. And so that's why I did it. I, I love the themes. I love the music. I love the songs. The lyrics are profound. The characters are wonderful. And, and it was just a genuine joy to do it. Well, it was a joy to watch as well. Thanks so much for uh, talking with me today. I really appreciated it. Thank you, Alexander. And, and, uh, and you know what? You just planted in an outburst in my brain. I happen to be in Los Angeles. I think I'm going there this afternoon. Okay. Well, I'm glad I can be an influencer. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it, my friend. All right. You take care now. All right. You too. Bye. Yes, I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive.